Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, I wanted to take a minute right at the top here today to talk about our awesome sponsors, uh, WC Fab and Exergy Performance. Yeah. Th- these two companies go hand in hand with what we do over at Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power. We're into tuning, we're lazy into fabrication, and of course, Exergy is into fuel. Um, we need all three of these components to make any sort of power or powerful truck. Yeah, I think it kind of segues really well into our uh, topic today, uh, because as you know, us being here in the Midwest, and I mean, honestly, uh, within the the U.S., you know, there's there's cold fronts that happen in the winter months and whatnot, sure. and uh, you know, turbochargers are more susceptible to potential failure if you don't treat them right in the cold weather. Uh, injectors and injector pumps, uh, they are susceptible to premature failure if you don't take care of them properly in, in the colder months. Um, and then the tuning, you know, uh, when the trucks don't run properly, uh, the tuning gets blamed to be the culprit in the cold months. So, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's odd how everything kind of comes together, but, uh, you know, if it wasn't for our sponsors and our, you know, our listeners, you know, that, uh, we wouldn't be doing this. So. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what I think is, is really cool about that is talking about winter prep. We we've done episodes around winter fuel and winter prep before, and it just feels like every single cold front it bears repeating some of this content so guys if you've already listened to our winter prep episodes it's been over a year since we've done one we don't have a lot of great new content there's no new product on the market that's going to make winter easy on your diesel um but there are some pretty simple things you can do to keep things moving along to keep to keep your your life as easy as possible as a diesel truck owner yeah i mean you know, to dive into it, when when you're in the Midwest uh, specifically, you know, we have winter blend fuel, yep. right? So six months out of the year, the, the fuel makers or oil makers, uh, distributors, whatever you want to consider them, um, they blend a summer blend, right? Yep. Usually better mileage, run a little nicer. The color, the purity in the fuel is a little nicer. Um, and then the winter blend stuff uh, kind of looks like piss <laughs> it so, is the best way to put it. It's so, a watered-down green. It, it's just it. it yeah, yeah. It's diluted. And the additives that they're putting in there are to prevent gelling. So one of the big problems with diesel fuel is that it is susceptible to gelling or, or creates like a paraffin wax. So it actually looks like candle wax when it gets real cold. It turns into a, a hard kind of butter-like substance. Yeah, that's a, it looks like butter, 100%. Yeah. Your fuel filters, your fuel lines, all the way into the injector. Um, guys, just, just for a peace of mind here, uh, common sense. Your truck gels up. You could add any additive you want. It's not going to do shit, right? The, the, I, the I additive that, that you add to the fuel tank isn't going to miraculously work its way through the lines and the filters and, and the hard lines and the rail and the injectors. The only way that you can fix that is to let the truck thaw out. Now, if you can get the truck into the sun, hopefully the sun baking down on it can help a little bit. But the best try and true way is to get the vehicle into a shop or into some uh, quarters, if you will, that are warm to allow the truck to thaw out within a few hours. Yeah. Now, now we have seen we have seen that. So, diesel nine one one is what we're referring to there. It's a really popular product. You can get it on the shelf at any truck stop or, or place that sells additives. Um, Diesel 911 will pour through the wax in the tank. So if there's if the the fuel in your tank has actually started to gel up or or if the lines are gelled but the right. fuel isn't and you need everything to recirculate in very very early stages, 
We've seen it get guys yep. to a shop. Yep. I've, I've seen, like, you can pump and draw Olympia. enough to finally yep. get it there. I've seen guys do crazy things. Um, I'm thinking of, of a guy who used to work here, Tim Hilgendorf, literally getting a small butane torch out and heating up the yep. filters, uh, the fuel filters. I do not recommend this strategy. It is very dangerous. Yep. Um, but we've seen it. We've also seen guys with lift pump heaters. That, well, that, Can we talk popular, about lift pump heaters? Yeah, I mean, that, that is a popular thing. I mean, brands such as Fast, you know, mm-hmm. AirDog, um, they offer an upgrade kit that you wire in, and they basically cup the, the pump and the filters to heat up the fuel. And, I mean, the theory there within reason makes sense because it's a, it's an, it's a point of contact where heat is being provided. Sure. And the idea here is that heat travels to make to ensure that the fuel doesn't gel. Yeah, and, and, and <coughs> heating the filters themselves is a smart idea because that is probably the number one place I'd say that people are most susceptible to gelling is, yeah. is directly within the lift pump, the external lift pump, fuel filter, or water, fuel water separator. Those two spots seem to gel the most yeah. because they hang down underneath the yeah. truck. They're not insulated. They're but not even if protected. you were to cut the lift pump out of the equation, like in we factory trim, still see you know, gelling. Because I don't want yeah. I don't want our listeners to think, oh, if I had a lift pump, I'm going to have these problems. Nope, 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 nope. The, the <laughs> truck, it, 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 I've seen it go both ways, guys. I yeah. mean, I've had lift pumps on every one of my trucks. I've been fortunate enough to, you know. Uh, up until last year, never have an issue. Yeah. Um, but I know we'll kind of dive into my, you know, what I ran into last year a little later in the show. So Sure. Yeah. So so with, with gelling, I, I think that's a big part of the conversation, right? Like, we, we, I think we all know, or, or maybe maybe not, maybe you guys are new to diesel and just jumping into the, mm-hmm. the show at this point. Um, yes, your diesel fuel can gel up. Yes, additives may help. I always get guys to ask, what, what additive do you guys run in the winter? I use house. Um <coughs> But I don't use it religiously. Yeah, like back I, when I drove the Kodiak and the tanks hung down underneath the truck and they were totally exposed, I used house on every fill-up. Now I have the the X5. I never use it. One of my buddies, uh, you know, bar talk, I call it. You know, I do a lot of uh, networking when I when I go out. <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies works for a local uh, oil company, and he was telling me that you know you want to be careful when you're adding additive, because the fuel companies add their additive, and then you going and buying additive off the shelf and adding it to your fuel. It could kind of contradict the additive that they added into the winter blend fuel in the first place. That's right, and you, I've never heard that before. Well, well, yeah, because it, it's chemistry, right? This no, all comes right, down right, to right. chemistry, right? So, it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're taking medicine and you go to your doctor and ask for a different type of medicine and don't tell them about yep. it, like these two things can react, yep. um, and and that's absolutely correct. And we've seen it from other additive guys. We we have interviewed, although I think we lost the tape because the the phone connection was so bad but we have interviewed other guys who are experts in additive in like yep. industrial large-scale application and their feeling on over-the-counter additives are kind of like dietary supplements uh yeah it might work but nobody knows there's no proof on it there's probably not enough actual chemicals there's not enough actual chemistry in the bottle you're buying off the shelf for six or ten bucks to actually make a difference to your vehicle um so so it's kind of a a time to take a step back and just look at what's your plan for winter. Because yeah. it's getting cold already. No, right. And I, you know, like we'll go into a plan, you know, plan of attack, right? What do yeah. guys do? What What do I coach guys through? What do I do? Okay. Uh, you know, first and foremost, knowing that you're going in the winter, do a vehicle service, do yeah. your fuel filter replacement, do it now, get it done and over with, right? Um, when it starts to get cold, guys, don't don't park your car or your truck, whatever that diesel vehicle is, even gasoline vehicles, don't fill it or don't park it on empty. 
Yeah. Like, leave a half a tank in there at bare minimum. And honestly, like, if you could try to keep it fill, full, keep it full. And if you know we're going to get into a cold spell, like, last winter, guys, we had a week span of negative 50 degrees. Every time I would drive, I would fill the truck back up. Yep. Just because, you know what? There's more volume. There's there's less, you're less susceptible to having 30 gallons of fuel gel than you would to three gallons of fuel sure. gel. Sure, yeah. Well, just think if you took a Dixie cup and filled it with water and put it in your freezer, and yes. then you took that Dixie cup and you were to pour that same amount of water into five Dixie cups yes. and spread it up, which one is going to freeze quicker? Well, those five Minimal. Dixie cups yep. with, with smaller little, volume yep. is going to freeze quicker. So, I mean, that's something. Now, I'm going to get I'm going to get the lash on this, right? And I it just it, I'm, I'm talking about what I practice. Practice Go ahead, what be I preach. Wrong. Be wrong. I don't add additive. Like I, I don't. Yep. You know, I I literally I keep my truck or my car because I have a, I have a TDI. I keep the vehicle full at all times. Yeah. And now honestly, you don't park in the garage anymore either. Uh I well the. M- one only one of them. Yeah, my, my truck have. I don't drive in the winter anymore, so the right. truck stays parked in, in the in the garage. Fucking princess. The car, the car I do leave outside, and the car just stays full. Yeah, you know, and I deal with you know freezing my ass off for the first ten minutes because those things <laughs> do not get warm, save their fucking life. Well, but, here, here's the other thing I want to talk about as we're talking about firing up your your car and and the cold weather and fuel. Mm-hmm. The other big one is glow plugs and block heaters. Yeah, I mean that that goes back to service once yep. again. Like when you're doing your fuel, you know, your fuel filter replacement, you know, that services, you know, make sure your your block your block heater works. Uh, my TDI actually has a uh, coolant heater as well. Nice. Which really helps. Yeah. Um so I've I'm going to start using that cuz I haven't used it this year yet. Um your glow plugs, your grid heater if you have a Cummins, yep. or your intake heater if you have a Duramax or a Ford. These are things that really, really go the extra mile to ensure that it works. How much do we love cold start videos, Chris? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I always go back into like my Facebook archives from like when I was like nineteen twenty. Yeah, I loved them. I sure. loved them. I, I had a couple old twelve valves that whoa, 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 literally whoa, a rod should have went whoa, through whoa, the block whoa, whoa, whoa. right then and there. Yeah. Um. I, I don't. I guess like my friends group and the people that I'm friends with on Facebook, I don't see as many of them as I used to. I think they're also getting less popular over time. Well, the trucks also start a lot better. Yeah. Like let's face it, a well, lot of the newer trucks they don't start like an LB7 or a 12 valve Cummins or a seven God oh, seven three seven, power three. stroke. Loved yeah. It. Um, no, I, I'll never forget. I think the best one I ever saw this dude. I want to say it was a white six liter, and he would go and take the uh, torpedo heater. And put it on a 55-gallon drum in front of the truck and point it at the intake. And then sit there and crank on it. Because that was the only way he could get the truck, the air warm enough and like the truck warm enough. For the fuel to. For the fuel wow. and everything to actually work properly and get it fired up. And it was one of the roughest, white, smokiest, just just brutal. You felt bad for the truck and the owner. One of the, one of the sales guys that we have over at Calibrated Power, his name's Anthony. Um, Chot Rocket. Chot Rocket. He's done a couple videos for the company in the past with his old LB7, but... Over the summer, we went and got him an LOI, and yeah. uh, you know it's what he wanted: victory red, crew cab, short bed. It's a nice truck. Like all in all, it's a nice truck. It is, um, but it's you know 170 thousand mile truck. It 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 kind of needs injectors. The truck sat out in our lot for about a week and a half, and uh, the other night, Tuesday night, we go and we start it up, and this thing, just the truck, the atrocious sound coming out of the engine bay, and the truck was just rocking back and forth. Ruh, ruh, ruh. White smoke out tailpipe. We know that the injectors are how they are. And he puts it in drive, hits the throttle, truck shuts off. Oh. Like, that was such a rough, like, I haven't seen that rough of a cold start. And, like, granted, guys, like, it was, like, 10 degrees for, like, two days here. Now yeah. we're back up in the 40s. So, 
you know. But it, it it was the perfect example. It was of like what that would have that would have been right? a good cold start video for sure. <laughs> like I told Anthony, we're gonna leave the truck out in the lot next week. Yeah, we're gonna do this all over again. We're gonna regroup. <laughs> we're gonna film it so we have some media around it. He didn't like that. No, but, sure. um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it is. It, it, it's one of those things that I think the simple stuff like, man, I remember, God, even back on my Kodiak, I had to go and actually buy uh, just a block heater cord, just yeah. a cable. Um, it was a pain in the ass. Just plugging in the stupid cord was, yeah. was a pain in the ass. But God, what a difference it made halfway through that winter. Yeah, no, I mean. Like, uh, it, it was it's a night and day. And, and at that point, I was living in a duplex and I lived upstairs. Yep. And I had to run an extension cord out, out of my kitchen window, window and down through. Yeah, it was hey, classy. People yeah, dig it. You, I yeah. mean, you're classy is what I would what I would uh, <laughs> describe you as. Like within the first three words, so that's wild. I'm just picturing because I mean, I've been I've, I've been to that apartment. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. And then you parked off the side of the road too, so it was like main road, your vehicle, yard, second yeah. story, bright orange extension, bright orange cord extension from cord. The kitchen window. <laughs> yeah. My landlord came out and asked me, "What the fuck?" Paul, I'm like, what? What do you want my truck to not start? You gonna drive me to work, dude? I just feel like I should start calling you Uncle Eddie. <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for real, honestly. So <clears throat> we'll go back to another experience. Owned diesel vehicles 14 years. Lived in the Midwest my whole life, right in Illinois. Never ever in my entire life have I had a vehicle gel up on me. Yeah. Okay. Till last year. Practiced all the same practices. You know, performed all the same tasks. And uh, where I used to live versus our old shop, it was about a forty mile drive or forty minute drive, and there was a ten mile stretch on the main road off uh, one seventy six right? route route one seventy six. Three times in a row, pull on a one seventy six truck shell uh, gels up, shuts off. Now I was also parking the truck in a garage that the temperature was set to forty five fifty degrees. Right, right. How the hell does this happen? Right. So long story short, ended up draining the fuel, did all that. I had like literally watered fuel. The water, the fuel was clear. Yeah, it was just bad fuel that I had in the truck, and that was that. And I'm like, oh man, I'm start running like everything I've done, you know, in prior years. <laughs> Granted, this is the coldest that that span was some of the coldest temperatures that yeah. we have had in it's years. Like a fifty or sixty degree change in temperature over two days. It was there was nuts. there it was, was ninety there was a ninety degree. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. It yeah, was what, it was yeah. negative forty five or negative forty eight one day, and then it was like forty seven degrees like. Uh, two days later. Yeah. Um, but that was, that, that kicked our asses. It was. And I mean, there were times, you know, n- I'm always the guy that everyone at the shop calls if they need a ride because like I never gel up, I never have issues. And then I was the one that I had to get towed two times to work. For sure. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I ran into a problem too. Just like my X5, there's no block heater. Yep. You can't put a block heater on them. Um, and my, I had two bad glow plugs. And like, listen, I've had bad glow plugs in a whole lot of trucks. I've never repaired a glow plug in my life yeah. because, like, uh, yeah, it's rough, but like, usually if you got a black eater, you're like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. it, I can start it. Uh, it drained the battery. Mm-hmm. It drained the battery on my little little three liter mm-hmm. just because trying to crank it and it just the glow plugs weren't there and it wouldn't start and it wouldn't start. I went through two batteries last winter during that same snap, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's nothing to be done. You, you, you know, it was my own ignorance that caused that and things of that nature. No, but yeah, I it mean, was it was tough. It was my, a tough situation. My 06 TDI right before you know uh, back in October. October, we went through, we did all new glow plugs, new water pump, 
um, went through. I did an EGR service and clinics. I still keep the EGR because that does help with keeping the vehicle, get the vehicle up the operating temp a little bit quicker. Sure. Uh, new battery. I mean, I literally check checklist, checklist, checklist because the last thing I'm going to do is let that thing <laughs> leave me stranded, you know, when it's cold, you know. That's you it. deal with last year and then those those thought processes go in your head like, hey, I remember those. I'm not doing that again, <laughs> you know. But And then, you know, what, what happens to fuel economy in the winter, Paul? Well, what happens to your vehicle there? Yeah, and I, th- I think we should have hit this near the fuel section, but, but that, that's fine. So with winter blend, because they're putting additives in there to prevent gelling, we're going to lose fuel mileage just all the way across the board. You're also going to have extended idle times. Uh, I, I know at 440 around here when we get out of the out of the yep. shop at 5, at 440, 90% of the vehicles yep. in our parking lot are right. already started, meaning guys are letting them run for 20, 30 minutes before they go to get in them. Now, to me, that's excessive. That's excessive. 10 minutes is all anybody's vehicle needs to get warmed up. I don't care what the situation is. You your engine should be good after ten minutes of idle. And there's there's three points to, to the fuel economy thing in the winter. You touched on the long idles, yep. right? You touched on uh, the the winter blend versus summer blend fuel. You got it. Um, but third, the the vehicle is designed to get optimal fuel mileage at operating temp. Right. When the engines are not at operating temp, the the engine is going to be dosing more fuel because it's trying, it's to, trying get, to raise that. It's temp. trying to get there. Yeah. Um, so when you are in your colder temperatures, whether it's good fuel, bad fuel, winter blend, summer blend, you're 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 going to utilize more fuel because the engine isn't at the desired operating temperature that it needs to be at. Sure. So all these things kind of come together when guys call in and like. Well, you know, I was getting 18 miles to the gallon. Now I'm getting 15. It's like, okay. Sure. We'll also okay. take into factor during the winter, we generally average a lower speed. Exactly. So I don't know if anybody ever clicks on like your average speed yep. in your in your dash display, but you will notice that in the winter, your average speed will drop because just so much more often you have to drive cautiously, yep. driving slower, lower fuel mileage. Yep. Um, so all these things kind of start to play into where you, you really do take a hit in fuel mileage. I would never go into like massive troubleshooting for fuel mileage during the winter. I, I would try just not write to. it off as no, like, I try ah, not this to. is winter. I try not to. I don't do the math once it gets cold. Once it's below oh, 40, I, do. I stop tracking oh, I do. my fuel mileage. I just don't care. I have my, my TDI, and you know, I buy a TDI because I want the mileage, yeah. and I have, a, I have a booklet, and uh, I document mileage uh, per tank, gallons added, and the cost. And Who I, does the math for you? Um, well, it's, it's really weird. So there's this app. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, I've licked a window or two in my past, but I can do that math. So, you know, I got that but going I can, on. I can, I can enter in a form, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I dig it. it. It's, listen, winter's just a tough time for your diesel vehicles. Uh, there is still the, the great advantages of having a diesel all winter, right? So, so I understand why we all drive our trucks, drive our cars, you, you know, through the winter and things like that. So it's, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. I think, I think, again, I think if you're just... A very basic plan of attack before the shit hits the fan. Yeah. You're miles ahead. Oh, I mean, right. I, well, I mean, I think about myself in my late teens, early twenties versus uh, my uh, ripe age of thirty. Now, um, you know, you, you've ran through those obstacles in the past, and you've gotten into those inconvenience, inconvenient situations to where a few hundred dollars in a day, uh, you know, a Saturday of your time just updating <laughs> your vehicle for winter is is not a bad one, thing. One tow truck yeah, bill it, really makes a, you rethink a, that. A tow truck bill sucks, especially a couple <laughs> days in a row. Let me tell you, can I get frequent flyer miles here? Right. Like, you know, like come on, help me out. But no, I mean, just it's just be smart, and you got to think about this stuff too, guys. To the guys out there that are driving, you know. Some 
some of the older trucks that you know are having injector issues that you keep pushing and prolonging because you don't want to spend the money. I get it. Yep. But these are going to be the times where all those imperfections are going to heavily shine. Well, there, there's, and, and that walks me right into something else I want to talk about. As we talk about doing vehicle prep for winter, it's not just about fuel mileage and starting your vehicle. It's also about staying on the fucking road. Uh, tires. Chris, Who I, have cares been, about tires? I have been driving on bald tires since I bought my vehicle. By this time, they are damn near slick. So just so every all of our listeners know, he's owned the car for two years. Right. Check. Um, Scumbag. Yeah. So, like, t- I hate tire shopping. I hate wheel and tire shopping. I hate the rims on my car, but I, like... I'm totally inept at finding a new set of rims. I think I'm literally just going to buy whatever black shit fits on my vehicle. One of the things that's really common to me, and this is uh, nationwide, I would say, and in Canada, is uh, a lot of times guys will have an aftermarket wheel for the summer, and then they have a stock wheel with a tire in the winter. Right. Um, But that winter tire, it's so easy to be like, oh, I threw my winter tires back on it. And not think about, like, how good is my tread? Because guess what? It's not about takeoff. You have four-wheel drive to gain traction and take off. How do you stop? That's the thing I think guys really skip very commonly. I think it's stopping, turning, maneuvering the vehicle. There's a reason, guys, that trucks come from the factory with a very narrow tire that might not necessarily look the best. But it's practical for the application, considering driving through rain, driving through snow. Oh my god! Can we talk ice. about narrow tires compared to wide tires in the snow? Yeah. Like, so your wide tire for for the mud, where you don't have a lot of traction, is almost useless in the snow. Right. Uh, the reason being is is you're getting wider. You're pushing the snow down. Yep. You're not going to cut you're through not gonna in a cut skinny tire. What what happens is we actually cut through the snow and we get down to the pavement, yep. which is where we're going to find the traction. Yep. So uh, you know, for the guys out there that are on like you know a wide wheel, a ten wide, twelve wide, there's some crazy youngsters out there running fourteen wides these days. Those are not good crazy snow youngsters. youngsters. Shut up, man. Young gun. I don't have fourteen wides <laughs> anymore. Um, I never did. 12 dog 12 sorry sorry <laughs> but uh you know it's one of those things where those are those are not friendly wheel tire combos and i've ran those like yeah. I, I have and it's it's a struggle like it it is a struggle so going back down to your uh 265 75 16 you know style tire uh ma- makes a lot of sense it also saves saves your expensive rims and tires yeah it right? saves so it like... saves your expensive wheels and tires uh it also saves on you know your um, uh, risk of rear-ending the person in front of you. You're trying to turn down a road and going straight into a ditch. I mean, there's all of these things that I don't think about until the first snowfall hits, and I'm like, ah, shit. Tires, you know? brakes, steering. The yeah. three things I think everybody skips over for winter prep yep. are those three topics. And so we've hit on tires, brakes. Uh, when have you ever replaced brake pads that weren't totally scorched? Um, like my totally scorched my my black truck I've been very ad- I, so honestly after I was probably like 25 26 uh, the value of n- not being a cheap ass be- because yeah a few times the last couple times in my early 20s that I ran the ran the brakes until the pads were completely done it cost me rotors and calipers right so uh 40 or 50 dollars and I, I usually I don't even if my rotors are good I replace the rotors too but having to replace calipers at all four corners fucking sucks yeah so and the um, job sucks yeah too. It's so not just the cost yeah so I mean you know I I do tow with like my my the Cummins more frequently than ever before so I actually do my pads fairly frequently like once a year 
longer. Yeah. Um, but I usually do them in the spring. I, I don't do them in the winter, but I don't put that many miles on the truck throughout the, the summer. In the winter. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, but like my 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 TDI, I did all the breaks right before winter. You do, you do it right before winter. Yep. You do it the fall. You get around Thanksgiving time. You go put brakes on the truck. It, yep. It's easy to do it yearly, especially if you're doing that like 10, 15,000 miles a year. Should easily be able to get that well, out of the Well, think about this. You have, you have a metal on metal in the back and you have a pad on rotor in the front. Uh, those wheels are going to stop and lock up at two different rates at that point. Yeah. And on ice, snow, like that's when things get very, very, very questionable. Yep. Um, and you're in for a wild ride. And I mean, to our listeners, like, I can't believe we're talking about a, a winter, uh, you know, a, a winter gel or a winter prep for a vehicle, and you guys are sitting here trying to be brake experts. Like, it's logical. This is this is basic shit. Think about it. <laughs> you know, we, we have to think about all these different things. Well, well, and that's that's where steering falls in as well. Yep. I know I have driven a lot of older trucks in my life where the steering sucked. Mm. The, the the death wobble out of the, a Cummins. The 12-valve of the world. Yeah, like, just like, and, and also just like things like <laughs> in, a, in a Duramax where your steering yeah. column is, Cocked 15 degrees. Yeah. Um, all the little things like that, if you've been putting it off, please don't put it off until you get into an accident. Yeah. Please put it off until it's winter and you realize this makes me more susceptible to crashing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, then that's a no brainer. I mean, then we can go even, we can really show our age and we could talk about headlights. You know, oh. we could talk about having a quality headlight that you can see in front of you in the event that it is snowing or at nighttime and needing to be able to see the road. And I mean, granted, you can't see black ice, but, you know, you could see a glare on the road to say, OK, you know what? I need to be a little bit more cautious moving forward. Sure. All of these things really do mean a lot. They, they do. They're all and they're all little things. They're all yep. easy to overlook. They're all easy to say eh, it's good enough. Yep. Um, but but really, I think that's what we've learned is over the years. Good enough is good enough until there's snow on the ground. And then every moron around you forgets how to drive. Yep. And now you're the one stuck with the big truck. Yep. And and which means everybody around you is gonna blame you no matter what happens. So so yeah, we, we just really stress that, you know, take a minute, think about it, put that plan together, put that checklist together, go through and get everything done. Get totally prepared. Yeah. Uh I I just think it's a smart way to handle it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I uh so what do we take from this episode, Paul? Like when when this is all said and done, dust settled, we get judged for talking about you know fuel and tire and brakes for the last half hour. Um, don't don't park your vehicle on empty in the winter. Right? <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, a good one. Don't, don't so do I I think we could wrap up the categories, right? So think about your fuel system, yep. front to back. Think about um, stopping. Think about steering. Yeah. And. and Think about, think about seeing. Think about, think about seeing. seeing. That's it. There you go. That's it. We nailed it. All right, guys. Hey, uh, I'm really excited for next week's episode as well. I want to give you guys a little kind of heads up what we're working on over the next couple of weeks. We're coming into that Christmas break time. Yep. Uh, so Chris and I are going to be going out doing a ride along in in our bosses. 2015. Yeah. It's a it's an early 15. It's not even a 15 and a half. Early 15. <sighs> So weak. Um, no, Jamie, we love you. So we're going out to drive Jamie's truck, twin turbo, LML, built trans, tuning, all emissions equipped, yeah. like 640 horsepower emissions equipped, so basically twin it, turbo, LML. It's a very similar setup to uh, a truck that we did a ride along in, probably one of your favorite trucks. It is. Uh, Jason Worley's uh, regular cab, which was a, a truck. It was a 2016. Yeah. Uh, regular cab, twin turboed. And uh, this one, Jamie's truck's a little more refined. You know, it's crew cab Denali. He uses it for towing and uh, recreational purposes. Goes on trips with the family. And he wanted to replicate a truck or do a truck that 
can serve multi-purpose and still offer all the creature comforts of what a Denali is. And um, I'm really excited to get behind the wheel of it, mainly because it's not my truck. Um, I'm gonna be you know, on that thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. <laughs> like I'm really excited. And he knows it's coming. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a truck that you know shows very well. It drives really well. Uh, so I'm gonna be excited. You know, get us both on camera doing that, and we're gonna do a ride along, and that'll be a two part episode. Yeah. Well, no. Um. So so that'll lead us into uh, a video we shot with Jamie and Nick back okay. in the day. So we do these awesome videos called Diesel Insights videos over at Duramax Tuners YouTube channel. Uh, and in those videos, we really don't talk about products and and what you should buy. We really talk about more educational diesel-related content. And one of the videos we did that I thought was really, really helpful was recreational towing. Because there's so many guys out there who might not tow for a living, but they bought their diesel trucks so they could pull their camper, pull their boat, or or have... razor. Yeah, whatever it is, right? Uh, So we actually sat down with Jamie, who is that exact person, and Nick and him talked for a long time, probably about 15, 20 minutes, just about recreational towing. So after we do the ride along in Jamie's truck, we'll have that audio up next week, the week before Christmas. The week of Christmas, we're going to actually have that Diesel Insights episode in the podcast feed. Awesome. So you guys are going to be able to hear that whole Diesel Insights episode in the feed. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, I officially renamed the group, oh. the, the Facebook group. Well, we're out of that 30-day grace. Yeah, we are out of our 30-day what, lockdown. What's the, new, what's the new name? Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast. I think that's a good one. I like that more than the first one. Yeah. The second one. The second one. The second one. Second yeah. name. So we're going to land Full on time. that Facebook group for a while. Guys, if you haven't jumped on, join the Facebook group. It's growing quickly. Yeah. Uh, we have awesome members who give real advice. If you're new to diesel, don't be shy. Uh, request. We'll auto-approve you in there. Nobody's going to harass you about asking a, a newbie question. We're, we are here to help. And on that topic, guys, if uh, you feel that there is a potential episode that we could do based off of recommendations, please provide that information. Let us know what you're thinking. Make those recommendations. They're uh, very warmly welcomed. Absolutely. Um, It helps us out, you know, as Paul and I have a full-time job over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, and we do this as a hobby, I would say. Um, We enjoy doing it. It helps to uh, come up with new content, uh, content that our listeners want to listen to. So, you know, we don't always want to have to, will this work? Will this not work? (laughs) Or our listeners like to hear it. Give us your feedback. We'd really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. I listen to uh, coke dealing and shooting. <laughs> he does on his way to his nine to five job. Yeah. Right. That After means, I got his, Starbucks on his, <laughs> yeah, with a Starbucks in his hand in his diesel vehicle on his way to his diesel performance job. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.